when you start peeling back money mindset, what you're really looking at are your beliefs and your thoughts and feelings around money. And it's not just money. It's also work and what work means because work and money are both essentially just like middlemen to what we ultimately need, which is like survival. Like what do we need to survive? And when you think about the thoughts and the feelings and the beliefs you have around these two variables in your life, a lot of that comes from the programming that you, you know, basically gained from being a child around your parents or maybe around in your community or even television programming that you saw or were surrounded with. And for me, and I think a lot of people, it's this idea of safety and security and how a job and a regular paycheck is something that we ultimately that's the goal and that's something that if that goes away what are we going to do this is the angles of latitude podcast session number 164 with wealth and mindset coach tess wicks What you're about to hear is the integration of life. Clarity is power. If you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. Liberty. We choose to go to the moon. It's happening. And all things geek. Yeah, I'm not sure I know how to answer that. Uh, You got a badass over here. Welcome to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Hey everyone, thanks again for joining us for this session of the AOL Podcast. As always, I'm your host, J.C. Preston, and with me for this particular session is Veronica Kieran. If this is the first time that you're listening in, this is a show where we bring you life lessons or a message from successful entrepreneurs, experts, athletes, and artists so that you too can find and execute your own personal mission and live a lifestyle that you're proud of. Happy December, gang. Hope your 2019 is coming to a great close, and I know that I'm finally getting back on schedule myself as my more than a month illness has finally been checking out and actually really excited about that. Uh, and baby news, J3 is learning how to roll over and sit up right now and we practice each morning while we're waiting for Maria to get around for work. And uh, speaking of his mom, uh, he definitely has her around his finger and so much so that I seriously think you know, he's starting to test out how much fake news, as we call it, she'll respond to. <laughs> Anyhow, outside of that, really excited about what's coming up for the different organizations I'm a part of. Uh, Amplify Indie will be going through another transformation in 2020. And in fact, it looks like we'll actually be using its name perfectly this time around. And hopefully, if all goes as planned, we might be coming to a city near you. So stay tuned as we release more details as to what Harrison, Josh, and the rest of the gang are up to. Also, Viking Dash Trail Run is looking to have 50 events around the country this next year. Uh, This might sound like a pretty lofty goal, but we've been building some great relationships with uh, some strategic partners who have been down that path before. And in fact, I might even get a couple of them on the show at some point. So that's what's new on the horizon for 2020. Really exciting stuff and uh, looking forward to uh, having an awesome year. But now getting to today's chat. In the last session, we spoke about the power of having a healthy lifestyle and a positive mindset in our business and lives. However, there's something else that a lot of new entrepreneurs don't think about too much when they're getting started, mainly how their perception on money plays a factor in how their business performs. And while this might seem like something you consider when things are humming along, we need to to remember that it's because of systems being put in place early that we have our later success. Today, Veronica and I are speaking with Tess Wicks, who, like many of us, found herself getting to know the financial world out of necessity. However, later she'd realized the knowledge she had learned about the topic wasn't something that was readily out in the wild. Uh, Add to the fact that she didn't want to live the 9-to-5 lifestyle her entire career, she set out to help others learn to control their finances. And so in this session, we'll be talking to Tess about how she helps clients get over the illusion of job security, what her digital nomad lifestyle looks like, and why paying yourself first and setting goals are important to entrepreneurs when it comes to finances. 
But before we get into that, I want to remind you guys about Fizzle. And in today's interview, you're going to be hearing how a good financial perspective can make or break the entrepreneur. However, finances are just one thing that new entrepreneurs need to deal with as they're starting their business. There's other things they need to consider as well. Work-life balance, branding, finding the right price point, connecting with the market, all kinds of things. To this day, Fizzle continues to be one of the best options I've seen for training specifically for new entrepreneurs who want to build an online-based business. They're one of the few places that help new entrepreneurs use their knowledge and expertise to develop a business to support themselves. And it's really kind of like installing a GPS system for where you're going. With Fizzle, you'll always know where you're at in your journey and profiting off your own expertise. Not only do they have some pretty good, great courses, but their community is exactly what new entrepreneurs need. And add to that, they have a heck of a resourceful podcast that covers all kinds of topics. So check it out today. You can do so for free at newinceptions.com slash fizzle. Again, that's newinceptions.com slash F-I-Z-Z-L-E. All right, before we get started with this session's chat, remember to subscribe to the show on whichever platform you're listening on. Still, my favorite player is CastBox. Uh, You can get that on Android and iOS. It's probably one of the most robust players currently on the market. But that said, if you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, all you need to do is click the tab at the top of the app for reviews. Also, remember to email us at heyguysnewinceptions.com with any current issues that you're going through while you're building and scaling your business. Again, that's heyguysatnewinceptions.com. Show notes and show note extras of the show can be found at newinceptions.com slash 164. And as always, I'll be on at the end of the show to fill you in on anything you might have missed. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is JC Preston alongside Veronica Kieran. Thank you for joining us for this particular session. Veronica, it's been a while. How are you? You're you're doing the whole Californian thing now. How's, how's that all working I'm doing out? the whole Californian thing now. Yeah. Um, hard to believe it's December because it's not that cold out, which is really nice. As you know, down in LA, we have um, pretty decent weather year-round. So it's been rainy, but it's really nice to not uh, be experiencing my seasonal depression for once. So yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, our guest is actually a fellow Midwesterner, so she can probably appreciate that from where yeah. she's at too, which is, which is actually in Italy, but we're get, we'll get to that in, later in the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's, that's great. And I know that you got a lot of different things that are, that are brewing out there and, and, uh, things are definitely on the change for 2020 for you. So that's mm-hmm. cool. But, for sure. Uh, yeah, really exciting. Um, and in fact, you know, to do everything that you've done, obviously, has taken uh, to have a positive mindset. And that's actually when you moved out to California, your whole mindset was, okay, I want to go out there and actually make things happen. And it's going to go quicker. And, and so far, from what I've heard, a lot of that has, has been the, the case. But yeah. many times when it comes to positive thinking, positive mentality because we so often we get into the grind we don't necessarily find the time to appreciate the the what we have accomplished or what we're potentially able to accomplish because it just seems so slow and i think that's one of the reasons why you have you know things out there like the five minute journal which helps you keep track of some of the things that are actually going well in your life and uh, in fact in the, in the last episode of the show we talked about the power of a positive mindset when it came to energy, uh, performance, and, and a healthy lifestyle. But today, we're looking at its effects on money and our business and lives. Yeah. And as you know, having a solid money mindset is foundational to anything that you want to do in life. It's going to, of course, affect a giant move like I did out to California, and it's going to affect whether or not your business is successful. Um, and so that's why we're talking to our guest today. Of course, um, because this is the full scope of the work that she does. Um, And she's worked with traditionally employed women as a money coach. But she also has started working more and more with entrepreneurs who are, of course, constantly challenged by money. You know, if if we have fear of money, it's going to totally stop our growth completely. Uh, And Mm. (laughs) not just for business, but also for our own personal lives. And I mean, we can't, you can't live in that level of anxiety for, uh, right. you know, every day and have it be successful. So, 
Through her work, she shows uh, self-employed and entrepreneurs how to combine uh, a practical financial system as well as mindset techniques um, in order to manage finances, which is awesome. Uh, so today our guest is Tess Wicks, who is the founder of Wander Wealthy, uh, which can be found at wanderwealthy.com. And by the way, Tess also started playing the violin at the same age I did. So we're going to be getting along really well. Tess, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Fun fact about the violin. I don't know how deep you had to dig to find that. Maybe it's on my website and I just forgot. It about is it. indeed. But yeah, we do our job here at Angles of Latitude. This is this is Fantastic. definitely a topic that I like getting into. In fact, I mean, you know, really outside of the the spiritual and the social development world, financial education is probably one of the biggest topics that simply isn't taught in formal education. Mm-hmm. Because of that, it's no wonder that many people struggle with it when they, when they start their business. Um, I mean, if you're, if you're ignorant about a topic, you're not going to know anything about that topic. It just makes sense. So how did you find yourself getting interested in finances originally, Tess? I don't know. <laughs> whoever, whoever thinks that. No, I, I went to college and studied finance because I thought that's what I needed to do to get a good job and make money. And that's all I really thought about in terms of my future when I was like doing my college search. Mm. My mom had um, put me on the path and in the direction of becoming an actuary, which I had no idea what that was. I never knew any actuaries growing up. I'm from a really small town in Iowa. So there's definitely not like insurance companies that have actuaries there. And that's typically where an actuary works. What is an actuary? For those of us who don't know, <laughs> <laughs> an actuary, an actuary is essentially someone who looks at the probability of financial situations happening or not happening, and is so. Uh, okay. So I mean, I just like didn't know what it was, but I thought, I think whenever I thought about my future, I thought like, oh, I just want to like work in a in an office and wear a suit. And then, like, go to my apartment, and that's like all uh, I really knew about what my dreams were. That is really what my introduction to the financial world was. Beyond the fact that you know, growing up, I had really great role models in the form of my parents. They were both small business owners and um, were able to create a lifestyle for my family and I to live a little bit more freely and kind of. You know, my my dad worked a lot, but he was in the business of construction. So when he wasn't out doing the work in the in the field, so to speak, we had some free time like during the winter Um, and we could kind of take off without really doing things that you typically do in the traditionally employed sphere, which is like ask for permission to take time off. Um, And so when I graduated from college, went into the world of actuarial consulting, I felt that enormously. Um, And in addition to that, in college, in my early days of being employed and working in finance, my personal finances, I still was really ignorant about. I didn't know a lot about it. Like I said, I had some good role models, but I was really not well-informed. And as you had mentioned we are not taught about personal finances in school, which is crazy. Yeah. Right. And so as I was dealing with both the, hmm, I don't really like the traditionally employed world and I don't really, I'm not really jiving with this actuarial job. And I really was interested and had surrounded myself with people who were in the self-employed world. And I'd gone to conferences in college and right out of college. And my roommate at the time was also um, self-employed, and I saw her freedom and flexibility that I thought I would have, but I didn't. Um, so I knew I wanted to do something else other than this work. And as I was exploring that, I knew that the personal finances, I had the I had the vocabulary. I knew how to do the math. I knew how to apply it. So I could kind of figure it out, but I knew there had to be a ton of people out there that didn't want to do that or didn't have the vocabulary and that I could create a, a conversation around personal finance that was more 
informative and more welcoming than kind of the traditional, you know, your dad's right. financial right. planner, so to so speak. So you, you mm-hmm. opted to, to start with the traditionally employed um, and helping them with their finances, correct? Yeah, because that's what I knew. Yeah, yeah. So what, tell us about that, that first client. How did you, how did you find them? Oh, great question. My first client came to me after I had been, I think it was after a year, I had started a podcast and it was after about a year of running that podcast. And she actually ended up coming to me, not through the podcast, but through Instagram. I ended up following her because I was like trying to grow my Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so then she followed me back and then she reached out and she was like, do you do coaching? And I was like, I guess I do now. (laughs) <laughs> and so that's kind of how it started, if we're being honest. Right on. Awesome. And then eventually you went into self-employed uh, people. What was the the, the cause of, of that particular jump? Yeah, I actually wanted to make that pivot a lot earlier than I did. Mm. And the reason I didn't was because of my mindset and because I wasn't you know, I didn't believe or think that I was capable of working with people who were self-employed because, you know, that would open up more problems and who was I to be able to, to work with them. Um, so I had to do a lot of work. I want, I, I started to pivot that way. And then I pivoted back really quickly because I Mm. had all these limiting beliefs that were keeping Mm. me small. Oh yeah. So it took probably another year or so before I really started seeing that this is a space that there's not a lot of people servicing. There's not a lot of financial coaches and even, you know, there's, there's financial coaches and consultants, but in the field that I really wanted to work with, which were these smaller kind of solo business owners, you know, maybe they're outsourcing um, and growing, but they don't feel ready to bring on a full-time accountant Mm. or a full-time financial um, person, but they see value and they also know that they need to understand their finances too. And that came through, you know, me just observing the market and the industry that I was in and also through having conversations with my peers and them, you know, calling me up to say, Hey, what kind of retirement plan do you have? Or how are you pricing your products? Or, you know, can I run this by you? Do the numbers make sense? And that's where I started to see like, oh yes, there is a need. And it's actually, you know, in in my eyes, because now I've done, you know, gone the same path as them, it's so much more important because you don't have those kind of traditional established uh, support financially supportive things in place like you do in your if you are traditionally employed like mm-hmm. a 401k like health insurance like disability insurance right. like anything <laughs> like a regular paycheck right yeah like as a self-employed person you should be considering getting self, uh, death and dismemberment insurance because if you're the money maker and nothing else is going to make you money if you're not around or if you're in the hospital you should have some sort of insurance for that and most people like never crosses their minds Mm-hmm. Mm, such a big yeah. deal. So, oh my God, there's like so many directions I want to go in with you. Uh, but so <laughs> I want to kind of come back to this, like this discovery and growth that you went to with regards to your perspective of money and finances as you were transitioning um, into working with self-employed people and also you becoming self-employed yourself. Because it sounds like that you hit, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you hit that wall that a lot of people hit when they're going from corporate to independent, where even if you are making the same amount of money, for some reason, uh, there's like a crash in, in one's mindset because now it's all dependent on you. And so, uh, the money, even though the money is still coming in, it doesn't feel like, you know, a quote unquote sure thing, which it never was a corporate either. We just, there's this illusion that it is. Yeah. So like, how did you get past that for yourself? And then how do you use those lessons with your clients in order to, uh, kind of like redevelop a foundation of money mindset and growth? Yeah, that's such a good question. And one thing that I, I present to all of my clients is our 
idea of safety and security is so funny. Like, it's so man-made <laughs> yeah. by, you know, I don't know what period in history it was where we started developing these nine-to-five jobs, but there was some really, really wealthy man who decided, like, we need to breed employees, mm. right? It was Henry Ford. And it was... Um, Prussian, Prussian, yeah, Prussian education system. was Yes. Uh, the production lines. Yeah. Much better well-read than I am. <laughs> And so I had, you know, a lot of really similar kind of limitations just from, and and when you start peeling back money mindset, what you're really looking at are your beliefs and your thoughts and feelings around money. And it's not just money. It's also work and what work means. Because for us, work, work and money are both essentially just like middlemen to what we ultimately need, which is like survival. Mm -hmm. Like what do we need to survive? Mm -hmm. Food, water, shelter. Mm -hmm. And now we have these middlemen that is first it was money and now it's work so that you can get money so that you can survive. And when you think about the thoughts and the feelings and the beliefs you have around these two variables in your life, a lot of that comes from the programming that you, you know, basically gained from being a child around your parents or maybe around in your community, um, or even, you know, the television programming that you saw or were surrounded with. And Mm -hmm. the, the biggest part of that happens between the ages of zero and about seven or eight, but it, and then it continues to just re re cement itself in our brain of like, okay, this is a belief I need to continue to believe. Mm. And for me, and I think a lot of people, it's this idea of safety and security and how, you know, a job and a regular paycheck is something that we ultimately, that's the goal. And that's Mm -hmm. something that if that goes away, you know, what Uh, are we going to do? It has to look only that way. That's the only way that. And and I think, I think there's something to be said about, you know, if you, if you get on this side of the fence of, of of entrepreneurship, you, you start seeing that for, for what it is. And really it's, it's, it's one source of income, right? Like uh, I heard mm-hmm. Bob Proctor not too long ago, he was on the Lewis House show talking about the fact that wealthy always have multiple income streams. And mm-hmm. and as mm-hmm. yeah. entrepreneurs, if you have multiple clients, that means that you have multiple income streams. And it's it's just like, you know, as, as a nine to fiver, you, especially in today's world, you're acting as a consultant anyway. So why not, you know, double mm-hmm. down and actually have, you know, do yourself a favor especially today, yeah. you know, that's, that's kind of my thought. Yeah. 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 Talk about some culture shock. If you go from the employed world of the U S where you're much more disposable to Italy, I know we're going to talk about this later, but <laughs> if you get fi- you, if you have a full contract in Italy and these are maybe the older contracts, maybe things have changed now. First of all, it's really hard to get a job because the economy is not perfect here but Mm -hmm. um if you do have a full-time contract they can't fire you if they fire you they have to pay you like two to three years of your salary and it can depend on the contract but if you're if you're you know higher level education graduated and you're pursuing like engineering or banking or whatever um they have those protections built in which is really interesting to then you know my husband is italian and he has a completely different mindset about what a paycheck is. And it's even further cemented in just like government regulations mm. that they have, which is just fascinating to me. Fascinating. Anyway. <laughs> That's a good word. <laughs> but to answer your question around like how I overcame that, I think a lot of it came from shifting my mindset around security and safety. But that obviously comes from work that I had to do. And some of that work... I am a person, obviously very analytical. I need the data. I need the proof. And I basically just had to create that proof for myself. And I think what helped me the most was seeing that I could make money outside of being an actuary, which is what I was bred to do over those four years and then plus of college and then continuing to take actuarial exams. All of a sudden, I was narrowing in my skill set, skill set and thinking, this is all I can do to create income. And when I decided to leap, I, I, I took blatantly a leap of faith um, and I had saved a lot of money. So that's the other part of it is first, 
finding and seeing and realizing the really cool concept of you can make money just by like being you (laughs) even like with influencers now on the internet it's crazy but for me it was more like i could make money through writing a blog or i could make money through a podcast or i could make money through helping other people with their money and that's really cool and i was starting to see and and work on leveraging that um and then the other thing that i did was figure out a way where I didn't have to be as dependent on the money that I was making. And this is something you'll find if you talk to anyone doing the FIRE movement, the financial independence retire early Mm -hmm. movement, is uh, rethinking the way that, you know, you make money, but what if you could live on significantly Mm -hmm. less and then you're not so dependent on your employer because you can create streams of income outside of your employer. And as long as you can control your expenses, mm-hmm. you don't have to rely on someone else paying you. Exactly. Which I think is really uh, fascinating as well. Yep. It's, uh, yeah, you know, and, and I do like the, the fire method. It kind of, for me, coming from a background of, of Robert Kiyosaki stuff, though, it's just like, yeah. If you like Dave Ramsey, then the fire method's definitely the next step step up, at least in my perspective. Um, you know, one of the things that we're, we're talking about, though, and me even mentioning Robert, is that finances, if you get them under control, really allow you to have options in life. And whether or not, you know, you actually become materialistic, which not many millennials are, but, you know... I, as we're getting older, maybe we're becoming more so. Um, you can get into real estate and then other investments or have a way that if you're not relying on the nine to five and you're doing everything from a laptop or, or whatever, you know, we'll get in, you can get into the whole uh, digital nomad lifestyle or a friend of ours calls it a, a, a what is it, a world citizen, Veronica? <laughs> yeah. Or I have a friend who calls it vagabonding. <laughs> but uh, that's that's a lot of options. And mm-hmm. in fact, you're because you just mentioned, I mean, and we would have been alluding to the fact that you're actually in Italy, but you, you also bounce back over here to the States. So for those of the audience who really don't know what that lifestyle is about, you want to share with us what how it is that what's your typical month look like that involves traveling? Ooh, my typical month. So I have a kind of unique um, digital nomad lifestyle because I have kind of a home base in Italy. My husband has a nine to five traditionally employed job, so he can't move around that much, although he was home based, um, also. And so we were able to spend a couple of months in the South of Italy where he's from. And then our technical home base is in Milan in the North of Italy. And that was really fun to be able to do that. And even just start opening up his mind to that. Um, but my digital nomadism looks a lot like I live in Italy for most of the year. And then I'm able to take like up and move for three weeks to my hometown. Or I have a condo in Chicago that I rent out. And I rent it out on Airbnb so I'm able to block it. And then I mm-hmm. can stay there for a week and then go to Iowa for a week. And um, this... January, I'll be in Denver for a week, or sorry, Steamboat, Colorado for a week, and then Phoenix, Arizona for a week and a half, and then Toronto, Canada for a week, and then back to Italy. And then we're actually moving to Switzerland after that. (laughs) Um, And so I don't know how I'm going to get work done, but I will. And the way that my like average month, my average month looks like I don't know usually what it's going to look like, but um, typically it looks like if you were just staying in your hometown and working, um, but everything that I do is on the internet. There's nothing that I do in person, um, unless I want to attend an event or go to mm-hmm. a conference. And so most of my, my calls are on zoom. I have a podcast, which I usually use Skype to record. Um, I make sure everything gets scheduled out and I, try not to work too much, but still make a good income so that I can have the flexibility. Um, On the weekends, we're usually going up to the mountains or over to the sea. And that's kind of the beautiful thing about living in Europe in general, but especially Italy, it's like there's so much more to see than the average tourist does see when they come and visit. Um, 
and we just eat really good food and drink really good wine and it's super cheap. And when we move to Switzerland, it's going to be totally different, but um, yeah. yeah, my, I think other than that, my, my work, I don't know if, if you're comparing it to traditionally employed, it probably looks very different, but if you're self-employed, but you work from home, um, or even if you are employed and you work from home, it probably looks fairly similar. I just can up and go. And the biggest challenge for me is time zones, but I have yeah, the sure. Italian time zone and the Chicago time zone, the Central <laughs> standard time zone on my Google calendar and somehow I make it work with that. And Calendly. That's actually like, those are, this is a great segue because I was going to ask you, there's so many people, especially entrepreneurs who think of entrepreneurship as their ticket to freedom and their ticket to be able to travel the world and um, be a digital nomad or a vagabond or a world, what would you call it, JC? World world citizen. Citizen, (laughs) right. And so, but there's, it's not just, it's not, quite as simple as all of that. Just as you're saying, you have to manage time zones. You have to make sure you have a reliable Wi-Fi or um, internet connection. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other things that like, if somebody wants to get up and go uh, and they, they've, they knew enough that they had to get their business to be pretty much all digital. Like what are some of the other things that they should be considering if they're going to just like peace out for a while? (laughs) Mm, That's a good question. I think, I think, well, first I'll start with like what might be holding people back from pulling the trigger. One thing that really held me back was this, it was a a limiting belief that I wouldn't be able to grow or scale my business if I went on the road. If I move to Italy, I'm not going to be able to, you know, work and expand and grow my coaching business because the time zones are going to be so tricky. Um, and I think a lot of things can come up because you think that it's so much more limited when you are on the road, but that really isn't. I think if you are traveling more full-time than what I do, what is really important is to have a schedule that works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't force myself to, I mean, in Italy, we have dinner at like 9 or 10 p.m. anyway, so the lifestyle is different. Although I do believe that the people who do work in offices still go to work between 8 and 9 a.m. Um, hmm. I wake up at 8 a.m., but that's because right now it's we're recording this and it's almost 9 p.m. here. And that's how most of my calls are. They're in the evening yeah. and, you know, we stay up later. It's okay because it's still not even dinner time here. But my the way that my work looks is really different, um, but I make it work so that I don't have to feel like, oh, because I live somewhere else, that means that I'm not going to be as successful. Um, Definitely. And then some other things to think about are just one, again, if you're, if you're hopping around, you're probably okay, but you do want to be really uh, aware of the, the rules of how long you're allowed to be in a particular country um, and what <laughs> it's going to take for you to be able to stay there. Yeah. Um, or if you need a visa to enter I think a lot of people can end up mistakenly wasting a lot of money because they might like buy a plane ticket and it doesn't work out. Um, Ouch. But, you know, those, those things don't like, for me, it was pretty hard because I wanted to stay a significant amount of time in Italy. And so I ended up having to come over on a student visa before we ultimately ended up getting married. Um, And so you just have to be flexible and be willing to Mm. be flexible. And then the last thing I would say is, figure out a way to leverage, you know, whatever you're leaving back home. Like if you have an apartment or a house, is is it possible for you to cr- turn that into a revenue stream? Um, living around the world is actually quite affordable. There's a lot of places that are way more affordable than renting an apartment anywhere in the U.S. And if you can turn that into a revenue stream and then significantly decrease your costs, you're reducing your risk to being able to make the money that you want to make and see the clients or sell the courses or whatever it is that you have, whatever your business looks like. Um, and you're able to live on less as well. And so you can either Mm -hmm. save more or invest more, or you're just, you you can travel longer or whatever that looks like for you. Definitely. I was just saying to JC, I have a duplex back in Michigan. And so that's like helped insulate me from the transition 
into California, especially when you first arrive someplace, you may not have your sea legs. And so you don't know like what area is a more affordable part of the city or the area that I just got to, or where is the cheapest restaurant or where's the best place to buy groceries. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, definitely I love that thought process. Um, and again, it creates another income stream. So we're talking about multiple income streams, which makes you, um, just more resilient to anything that would happen throughout the life of your business. Yeah. So two of the things that I've noticed that you're very passionate about is one setting goals. And then the other thing is making sure that your clients are actually paying themselves first. So tell me how those actually play a role in helping entrepreneurs with their finances. Yeah. So one, okay. The goal setting, we'll tackle that first. This is something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs will get really excited about goal setting Mm -hmm. and they'll set, they'll maybe like in their first year, they'll set some big goal. And then if they end up not hitting it, which I think most of us don't, which is a good thing. It's good to not hit your goals. That means that your goals are high enough. Like that's why I like to set a three tier goal system. So you can hit the easy one and then aim for the next one, but probably always fall short of the the highest tier, which means you're continuing to grow and evolve. Um, but anyway, a lot of them will just set a huge goal and then fail to revisit it and not ever really even think about it. And, and mm. that goal is usually what I like to call a vanity goal. Like we all think that having the six figure business or hitting five figure months is what, you know, just because John, the marketer, is advertising that and trying to sell his course or trying to get you to pay for his mastermind, that must be mm-hmm. the ultimate. That must be what I need yep. to hit. And I think that can be really harmful because, A, it could not be enough, actually, which would be bad. Um, and I'll talk about that later. But B, it has no purpose for you. Like You don't really know why you're ultimately going mm. after that dollar amount. Right. And there's a lot of disconnect then in terms of the action that you're going to take and the goal that you're pursuing. So I think it's really important to set goals. I think it's important to set big goals, um, but have kind of a tiered system. And I think it's important to have those goals, have that purpose baked in and to continue to revisit and even just reset goals if you need to um, so that you don't set it once and then forget it. And then you get to the end of the year and you're like, oh, what happened to that piece of paper that I set goals on (laughs) January of 2018? (laughs) So I like to have my clients set purpose-driven revenue goals. And when we do that, the first thing I have them do is define, what do you want to pay yourself? And that gets into the second thing that I am very passionate about is making sure that my clients are paying themselves because you're building a business and most likely I think a lot of us get into business for uh, the lifestyle of it you know there might be something where we're really mission driven around the service that we're offering and that's great but you're also a human being and so you need to be able to live a life outside of your business too and in order to do that you know you need to be able to make an income because if you can't make any money and then you have all this financial stress, how are you showing up in your business? Probably a little stressed out and anxious about what next month is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And it puts, you know, even just from a mindset perspective, it puts so much pressure then on the money-making aspect of the business when in reality where we need to be focusing is like, what does the cash flow look like inside of this machine? And where is that cash going if you are making money to begin with? And so why I think it's really important for my clients and anyone to pay themselves is because they need to they need to pay the main owner and operator of their business. Now, if you're you know financing the business, but you're not technically working in the business, that's a different story. But I think for the most part, at least for my clients, they're the ones doing the day to day work, and they deserve to be paid a salary, mm-hmm. something that you know feels good for them and. Again, if it's a business that you're building because you want that lifestyle, you want that freedom, then that's the ultimate goal. But so many of us get caught up, you know, right after we start, we set those big goals. Then we get so caught up in the, 
how am I going to make money and how I'm going to keep this running? And I'm going to have to invest, invest, invest and, and, and get this program and sign up for this software. And we lose sight of why we were building the business in the first place. And that happens with both our money and our time. So true. So you actually have a resource that can help people uh, get started on this path of figuring out uh, finances for themselves. It's called the Easy Profit Roadmap. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about it and where they can get it. Yeah. So the Easy Profit Roadmap will walk you through the five steps of setting up a financial system that will make profit easy in your business And it also has my purpose-driven revenue goal calculator. And it's really just super, I also call it easy profit math because it's super easy math. And when you sign up, I'll also send you a video that explains how to do the math because I know for some people, math is a trigger word. (laughs) And essentially what it does is it builds out your revenue with purpose. So like I said, how much do you want to make as the owner and operator of your business? What does your business need to pay you so you can live the life of your dreams or even just live life today? We can start there. And then we look at how much does your business need in order to run? So you have you know business-related expenses that are separated from your personal life. What does that look like? And then we also include tax because that's inevitable. And we also include profit because that should be inevitable. <laughs> and we're able to back out using those four variables to define what your ultimate purpose-driven revenue goal can be. And that can be a really good goal for you to shoot for you know, over the next year. Or even you can break it down and look at it in quarters or months, however you want to look at it. And you guys can grab that by going to wanderwealthy.com slash roadmap. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And you're absolutely correct to that. Um, that so much of this is so important to the business. And yet so many entrepreneurs miss out on developing their financial literacy and financial goals when they start out. So thank you. That's like perfect for the new year as well. Um, so speaking of that, we are recording this on the cusp of 2020 here. Like we're days away, right? Um, what are you excited about? Ooh, what am I excited about? I am, well, I, if we're looking back in 2019, I've done this 12 days of money mindset series, which I'm currently really excited about because it's being launched right now. Um, but the new year I'm getting certified in neuro-linguistic programming, emotional freedom technique, a lot of money mindset things that, you know, it's mindset in general, but I'm going to start personalizing it for money and working with my clients and using these different techniques to help them ease any of their anxious feelings or doubt or limiting beliefs around money and how they can make money or manage money and that they can do it easily. And so I'm super excited to be incorporating that even more into my coaching and my programs. Amazing. That's really cool. So you're going to be the, you're going to be the Tony Robbins of, of money mindset, basically. That's the goal. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. So as we're closing up here, uh, let's get into the rapid fire question segment. Uh, First question. And this is probably one of the oldest questions that we have in the, in the bank of questions Mm -hmm. is who are three influencers or teachers that have launched you to where you're at today? That is a great question. Um, I would say this is going to be one, and we connected over this when we were booking this podcast, Dave Maxwell and Andy Drish, I signed up for the foundation. And I'll be honest, I didn't implement anything or build a software business, but it was that investment that got me to quit my job. And I actually had a phone call with Andy because I think we went to the same college. And so I was like, I can, I can talk to him and tell him my problem <laughs> convince me to do this. So that's one, mm-hmm. even though it's two people. Um, the second one is actually someone who took a gamble on me right when I did quit my job. I didn't really know what I was going to do, as I had mentioned. And um, I was looking to see how I could use any other skills that I had other than consolidating data and basically, well, we won't get into that, but I was going to say wishing people were dead only because it made the job easier. (laughs) Wow. What? (laughs) So when you consolidate data, you have to like 
figure out what happened to people from, you know, 2018 to 2019. And if a bunch of people disappeared in that data set from 2018 to 2019, then you have to figure out and go back to the client and be like, what happened to these people? And so a really easy fix would be to submit all of their social security numbers to this database that the U.S. has of the death calculator. So like when people die, their social security numbers get into this database. And so if they came back dead, then we could just delete them. We didn't have to go back to the client, ask all these questions. And so we would submit this data and go, please be dead. Please be dead. Please be dead. Because then it would make our job easier. Oh, my God. (laughs) So anyway, back to the influencers, influential people. Um, Ashley Logan is the founder of a marketing, a content marketing company agency in Chicago called Yakety Yak. And she hired me. She was really just starting and now she runs this amazing company. Um, But she took a gamble on me because I had no proof of being able to write content or do social Mm. media, but she brought me in and that really helped me see that I could do this. And so through working with her as an independent contractor, I had the confidence to then start the podcast that I continue to run today Mm. um, that has essentially built out the rest of my Mm. business. And the third, I will give a shout out to my roommate um, who helped me at the time when I was quitting my job. She really helped me go through the process. Her name is Amanda Bolin and she has the podcast. She did it her way. We actually started it together with another one of our friends, Molly Rose Speed. And um, then Amanda took it and ran with it and has created an amazing brand for herself as well. So we're hitting the holiday season, even though this will come out afterwards. I love to ask the question, what is one gift that you like giving others? This might sound really corny, but my presence. I spend a lot of money traveling to Mm. be home around my family. Um, And to me, that's like the best investment I can make. And that's something that they are always super grateful for. What advice do you hear adults giving children often that you'd call BS on? This is going to be kind of an NLP thing, but and maybe it's not advice, but more commands. When you tell a child not to do something, all that they really hear is the thing that you're mentioning. And the best thing to do is actually reinforce what you want them Mm. to do. Mm. Um, So, you know, I, I just see this a lot because I have, eight nieces and nephews. And I think it's really cool. Children's minds are amazing. And I think it's really cool to be able to tell them that they can do anything. And so if I'm, you know, if they're doing something bad, I'm like, oh, let's see if you can do this other thing instead. And it's not anything big or like talking about entrepreneurship, but I think it's really important for us to make sure that we're repositioning how we speak to our kids. Totally. What's your favorite social custom? social custom yes miss world traveler (laughs) um wine at lunch oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm on board when's the next lunch (laughs) tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) boom i'm there let me get a ticket (laughs) wine at lunch during the work day is even more i don't know if i can do it but i see it and i'm like you guys are cool (laughs) for sure uh, final question. What's the secret to achieving personal freedom? Secret to achieving personal freedom. That is a hard hitting question. Mm. I think it is allowing yourself to believe that you can do whatever you want to do. You don't have to have, I think that's a problem is a lot of us feel like we have to have this experience or the certifications or the skills. And usually the people who get, you know, the results and the success much faster are the ones who don't worry about yep. acquiring all that. Uh-huh. All right. Well, uh, Tess, thanks you, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today. Again, you can be found at wanderwealthy.com. Uh, where can people find you on the socials? You can follow along on Instagram. I'm at Tess underscore Wix, W-I-C-K-S. 
And that's primarily where I hang out. You can you can look on Facebook at Wander Wealthy, but I'm usually on Instagram. Word. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Thank you again. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, there you have it. Tessa's story is really relatable, and I'm glad that someone with her expertise is actually out there doing what she's doing. It's definitely needed. And as we've heard from numerous guests, that financial education is something more people should have. Show note extras from Tessa's highly active YouTube channel can be found at newinceptions.com slash 164. And in the first video, she discusses when exactly is a good time to make a short-term investments. So I think this is a this is a good topic to open things up with because a lot of good can come out of working in the I quadrant if you have the resources to get started there. During the interview, we had talked about her life as a digital nomad. You know, living that life, it seems that she's really out on her own. But in reality, that's not the case. So in the second video, she shares with us the five people she's teamed with for her online coaching business. Next up, I have the first video from her most current series. She's called The 12 Days of Money Mindset. And since it's still the holiday season, I thought it'd be good for you all to check this one out as she goes over her definition of money mindset. And finally, something else we had talked about is NLP or Neuro Linguistic Programming. This is a topic that many thought leaders have employed in their businesses, including people like Tony Robbins. And in this fourth video, Tess talks about what it is and how you can change your world by using it regularly. Again, all these videos can be seen via the show notes at newinceptions.com slash 164. So that's it for 164. Remember, if you want to create a lifestyle similar to Tess's, check out Fizzle. Again, it's the best place I've found for education for the online business owner. Uh, get started for free today at newinceptions.com slash fizzle. So with that said, gang, thank you for spending a little bit of time with us today. As always, we appreciate you guys joining in. And until next session, dig in, have fun, and take care in whatever you're creating. And we'll see you back here next time. Thanks for listening to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Connect with us at home, at work, or on the go at facebook.com slash newinceptions, on Twitter at newinceptions, Instagram at new.inceptions, and on the web at newinceptions.com.